welcome, welcome, Jeremy, to to Jewish Renaissance, and very soon welcome to London. And Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I was just saying, you're a wonderful hybrid. I mean, I can't. It's a sort of dream ticket for me that you're, you know, an, an Israeli Australian. I don't know how well you say that for short. I know how you say a Jewish Buddhist Jew, boo, but I don't know how you say an Australian Israeli. But you're going to tell me, aren't you? <laughs> well, I would say, um, according to a native Israeli, you'd probably say they're a moron. Um, <laughs> or in Hebrew, you'd call them a friar, someone who's a sucker. Um, <laughs> the first question I get asked every time I meet an Israeli, um, and after about a, a number of years in this country, that's quite often, um, an Israeli will never fail to ask me with jaw and mouth agape, what on earth are you doing here and why would you leave Australia? Whether you're retarded or... <laughs> soft in the head or um, did the surfboard concuss you somewhere on the beaches of Sydney. They're very confused. Um, but, of course, for anyone that is Jewish from Australia, um, moving to Israel seems to be bizarrely, and not just ideologically, but also historically, a very logical thing to do. Right, yes, I, I, I'm sort of with them. I mean, I love Israel a lot, but you know, I, Australia is its the same weather, but more laid back. So uh, mm. Yes, it's true. I think um, Aussies are pretty laid back and, you know, they're pretty sort of chilled out, friendly people, very different in some ways to Israelis. Australians are so laid back that we don't even have the energy to use full words. We just abbreviate everything. <laughs> yes. You know, cigarettes are ciggies and breakfast is brekkie and universities <laughs> union and Israelis they're pretty stressed out, you know. They're mm. like, they've sort of given a whole new definition to the word multitasking, which could otherwise be described as just permanently absent. But, <laughs> they, you know, you ask Israeli how they are and they won't um, even tell you how they are. They'll just ask you how, how you are back. Like, they haven't have got time to give you an answer. Sort of, <laughs> like, it's constant moving, you know, Israelis are driving and honking and buying and selling and breastfeeding and sometimes all at once. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pretty chaotic place mm. to be, but Israelis do have an extremely robust sense of humour. And I think that as an Australian, I think the British are obviously not, no, not dissimilar because Aussies, I think, got it from the Brits, have a very sort of laconic, um, dark sense of self-effacing humour, like to take the piss out of ourselves. And Israelis, like Jews... Um, follow suit. So I think in terms of being a comedian here and a, and a sort of a satirist, that's been a really lovely thing because there's threads through the cultural fabrics of both those parts of my identity. Yeah, uh, having ha had a chance to have a look at your YouTube clip, uh, I mean, first, first of all, I have to say, you have me laughing and that's quite hard to do in the middle of a Friday afternoon when everything's going to hell in a handcart or hell hours, you would say. Um, so you're doing well there. And it's very interesting because... I don't actually speak Ivrit properly, but the show you're going to bring to London, thank you for flying hell out, brilliant title. In Israel and here, would you perform it in both languages, in, in both countries? And in Australia, that's what I'm asking, I guess. I don't believe in dumbing down um, ethnic comedy um, for the masses. Hmm? So even when I took one of my earlier shows called Lock Schmocks and Two Smoking Salmons to, oh, wonderful. Um, <laughs> to Harlem in New York, um, I, I had I'd a lot that. of um, African-Americans in the audience and they 
were laughing almost the hardest at all the Yiddish. Mm. So I don't believe that linguistically with comedy um, there are great barriers. I think a lot of, especially languages as expressive as Hebrew and Yiddish, mm. um, I think people do get the gist and understand sort of the essence of it. So to answer your question um, more briefly, there is a lot, a lot of the characters in the show that I'm bringing to London will be using Hebrew words here and there um, without sort of any literal interpretation or translation. Um, but I have every faith in my audience to understand it and to be able to laugh just as hard. And when I perform in, in, in Israel, um, the characters that speak English also speak English. I even have a French character that's just made Aliyah because, of course, there's a massive tide of French immigrants moving and colonising um, Ben Yehuda and the the foreshores of Tel Aviv. And she speaks a lot of French and, you know, she manages to still be, remain intelligible to Israeli and um, English-speaking audiences. I'm even doing a gig in Paris, actually, mm. which I'm very excited about Excellent. just after the show in London. Yeah, well, I'm going to drink in whatever. What, what would I drink in? Probably not Kiddush wine, but do you hanging on like that, you know, to, to the three languages or how many languages it is? I think you're absolutely right. Don't take any prisoners. Talking about not taking the prisoners, here's the worst link you're ever going to hear. Um, tell me about being a human rights lawyer. Where does that fit into all this? Are you still actively doing that? I am. Um, and as bizarre as it sounds, the two actually very much feed into the other. Um, in many ways, I would even suggest that they're two sides of the same coin um, of advocacy. Um, sort of human rights law is very much about, um, in a way, based on an agenda of universal rights um, for people, based on common um, global principles, sort of a, 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 a universal moral order, um, and then the laws are kind of an expression of that. And comedy, in some ways, also very much is a vehicle to humanise um, and sort of level the playing field. And, in fact, the last show that I did for the last five years, which was really a, a real symmetry of those two things that I do, um, was called Arafat in Therapy. Yeah. Um, and the whole premise of that show was basically Shimon Perez and Yasser Arafat in couples therapy, um, <laughs> mediated by an American therapist, of course, in analysis, you know, true, true New York style. Um, so the truth is I, I spent... Um, a number of years in a full-time job um, working at the Foreign Ministry of Israel. I also worked at the court here. I also worked in the, at the UN in New York. Um, but my, my, my comedy and my theatre career did take over a bit and it's now meant that um, I'm now gone in more into the academic side of human rights. So I lecture um, in human rights law and constitutional law in Australia um, and I'm in the moment, at the moment sort of two-thirds through a PhD in... Um, oh looking at uh, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict through um, a different lens of, of international human rights law. Oh, God, you know, you, you are very impressive. It's quite scary. If you didn't have such a lovely smile, I'd be terribly scared. <laughs> well, that's very kind. I'll pass that on to my mother. My Polish Jewish mother would be very proud to hear that. Well, An you... English lady thinks I'm impressive. She's very impressed by the English, I have to say. <laughs> Well, that's another fine link you've, you've given me there because um, character comedy is your thing, for sure. That's right. And, and, yes, and I, it is. And I've been looking there. The, the, one of the characters, is she your grandmother, I think, is it? Your grandmother. Oh, the one, yes. Yeah, I do, one. Yes, she was actually one of the... She is. I do I have a, a Polish grandmother that I play. Hmm. Um, of course, we have a different, you know, 
um, proximity to the old, to the mother country, um, to the mm-hmm. to the to the homeland, if you like, in Australia, because I myself am only a first generation Australian. So our grandparents have very thick accents, and they're generally Holocaust survivors, and they're generally hysterical, hyperbolic, neurotic characters. <laughs> um, so that's probably what you saw. Yeah. Outside the supermarket, I think. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and but there was some love. I mean, I just loved every character in that. That you're his really property developer is absolutely hysterical, and I'm sure I've met him or his ilk. So there was a Palestinian, or wasn't there? That's right. There was a, an Al Jazeera news journalist. Yes, yes, that's right. The, the Palestinian. Well, look, <laughs> characters are my thing, and I'm writing. And te- my next sort of big project is a TV series called Both People Got Talent. Um, and I'm kind of interested in a reality TV show um, based in Australia for asylum seekers competing for a visa Um, because, of course, refugees is such a hot topic at the Mm. moment and I still Mm. don't think that mainstream Australia, I'm not sure what it's like in the UK, but given your Brexit decision, I imagine it's similar. I don't believe that there's a very sensible, um, meaningful discussion or debate around, you know, the, the asylum seeker crisis that we're experiencing and, Again, using comedy as a vehicle, I'm very interested in sort of broadening that discussion and maybe just connecting people to stories of asylum seekers through comedy, um, not in a way, of course, to ridicule, although ridiculing um, is sometimes also part of humanising. But just, yeah, I'm kind of interested in, in looking at that issue through a com- comedic perspective. Mm. This show seems to me that it must be unmissable, I think. You must be good in court as well. That must be amazing watching you in court. You've just got... The most incredible mind for connecting all these things up, haven't you? I mean, if, if there's any hope in the world for uh, for human rights and, and refugees, I think having you on their side is going to help a lot. That's what I think. Oh, I genuinely hope mm. so. That's very mm. kind. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure all my clients um, <laughs> would have agreed with you, but I, I do my best. Mm. I think it's important to whatever you do, you do it with heart. Yeah. Whether it's comedy or whether it's law or whatever that is. Just remind me, so have you recently been in Melbourne and in Australia? Yeah. Yes, I, I yeah. return to Australia quite mm. regularly mm. for the, not the least uh, reasons of which because my mother lives there and, mm. you know, I sort of need to come back around the Friday night table relatively regularly <laughs> if I want to have any hope of getting an inheritance at some point. Um, <laughs> um so, sorry, I just reminded myself of uh, Lenny Bruce had a fabulous joke about how mm. he used to imitate his mother and um, she said, you know, Lenny, what are you going to do when I die? I'm your best material. I'm your muse. What are you going to do when I die? And he'd say, Ma, when you die, I'm going to sell your apartment. <laughs> well, <laughs> should I tell you one from the other side of the tracks that my husband likes to use, which is um, be nice to your children. They choose your care home. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. you tell your mum yeah. that. <laughs> I will tell my mother that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I can't imagine her um, taking that very well, but, yes, I will I'll mm. share it with her. Um, so, yes, mm. I was. I was recently back in Australia. I, I teach in Australia, you see, so I go back um, pretty much once a year at least um, and take a semester mm. of law and give the students a run for their money and turn my lecture theatre into a bit of a comedy club. (laughs) But I think that's the only way to um, engage. I mean, some of my best teachers were extremely entertaining. Mm, I can imagine. So all these different things feed each other and keep your mind electric by the sound of it. That's the way it is. You need them all, don't you? 
I think that's true. Probably my nervous system probably less 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 electric, um, <laughs> but for that we have wonderful medication, and um, <laughs> and I'm also big into meditation and yoga and all that sort of hippy dippy spiritual stuff, which mm. is probably why my Israeli character, who's the sort of um, spiritual backpacker who likes to do open up women's heart chakras across the globe, um, <laughs> he, like he's, he's 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 there's lots of you know, I think lots of actors say this, but it is very much true that the characters we create are, you know, obvious extensions or dimensions mm. of ourselves. Mm. Is there any chance you could give me a quick... Oh, I know, you're, uh, we should just say, you've very kindly spoken me, to me during lunch, so you're just having a quick a quick bite of that lunch. So, or t- um, actually, it won't be lunch, will it? It's tea more, isn't it? I don't know what meal it is, because you're in Israel, of course, and, I, and I'm in London, so it's probably... Uh, a, a pre-Shabbat snack, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. it is. It's a forschbeiser, as we'd say in Melbourne. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. You wouldn't care to give me a quick burst of a character from Thank You for Flying Halal or one or two of them, just so that we can hear how wonderful um, you are? Well, I, um, I do have a, a number of characters from the actual airline. Um, I have a, a very incompetent but snotty a air hostess called uh, Revital, who together with Lital, Avital, and Tal um, will be shuffling the boarding passes to see who gets Peter. And um, she's not someone you'd, you'd be caring to, to kind of uh, risk asking for an upgrade from. You'd be lucky to get a meal with her. Um, and um, she'll teach the audience how to brace in the Hamas position. <laughs> In, in the event of an emergency landing. No, um, yeah, look, there are lots of great lines. Um, the show is very much a, a celebration and also a critique of living in Israel as an Anglo-Saxon um, and looking at all the ironies and complexities of living in Israel as a foreigner. Um, it's a wonderful country to live in, but it's also one that you've got to have a very... Uh, a stomach of steel and a very strong sense of humour to to withstand. Um, my stomach's less good, but certainly my sense of humour has kept me sane. Mm. So I'm looking forward very much to performing the show in London and bringing some of Israel and Israeli comedy to Jewish audiences there. Mm. Is, it, is this a first in London for you? Have you, have you performed it's in London before? It's the first, before? yes. It's oh, wow. my um, premiere mm. in London. I did perform the show in the UK last year as part of the Limud Festival. Ah, mm-hmm. um, and... That was very enjoyable. Um, I've performed in New York a number of times. I also lived in New York for a couple of years. And I've even performed in Hong Kong. Um, but I've not yet performed in London. So it's a really, it's a real, it's a real thrill, I must say. Yeah, I think it's going to be a real thrill for us in London as well. Is it just the one gig, just at JWC? It is. It's just the mm. one gig. But, you know, it all starts with mm. one drop of olive oil. <laughs> yes. Well, I hope I really, really hope I get to meet you. This has been amazing. And uh, anyone who gets to thank you for flying Halal is obviously in for a treat, I think. Thank you. Well, look, again, thank you very much. And You're most welcome. Thank you very much. I very much enjoyed chatting with you. And Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.